Welcome to Momentum Church. It is good to be back with our church family and our guests that are here. You'll be a guest one week and family from then on. Amen. And, um, but we are in about the third week of a series, and if you've come into this now, you have not missed out. It's one of those you can jump in any place. <clears throat> and we are looking at the seven I am's of Jesus. Jesus, in the book of John, he said seven times, I am, and then he would declare who he was. We have looked at I am the bread of life the first week, and that week we fasted some food item. For the rest of that week. Last week was I am the light of the world and we digital fasted. And, and I was told by a whole lot of y'all that that was harder than the food. Am I, is that, was it true? Was you guys having like conniptions like, oh, my next series, I need it. You know, Amy's like, Poldark, I need. So I keep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep teasing you about Poldark. So until I'm as handsome as the Ross on that show, I will tease you incessantly about Poldark, but, but the digital fact, it was hard, it was, I mean, there was times, because I used Messenger, because most people text me that way nowadays, and so I would be on Messenger texting texts, and then it would instantly want to go over and check notifications, and then it's like, nope, going to hell. <laughs> no, that, it, we're not going to be legalists about this, amen, but the idea of this series, this 50-day experience, this journey with Jesus, as we set him and, and we say to ourselves, the cross before me, the cross, you know, everything that he is before me. I am the follower. He is not. And so I follow him. And so with that, this 50-day journey, there's something each week that we're doing. And, and can I just tell you right now, what we're getting ready to do starting tomorrow is easy. Are you guys ready for an easy one? Okay. So we'll get to that by the end of the, of the week. I know we go open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 10 and stand to your feet. I know we go up and down, up and down. Pentecostal calisthenics. <clears throat> but I like to stand to honor God's word every Sunday. And so John chapter 10, <clears throat> we see Jesus as he's preaching. He begins to declare to these people. He says, again, I say to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Everybody say that. I in the door of the sheep. You can say it all. It's all right. Ready? Yeah, that's it. I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He will go in and out. Say, go in and out. Yeah, yeah, the, the, so that's speaking of access, all right? He's going to be able to go in and out and find pasture. Say pasture. pasture. Man, that pasture, man, that's provision. That, that's all that God has for us, amen? So, Lord, in the next few minutes, as we deep dive into who you are, as we take a look as you door, Lord, the door of the sheep, what does that mean to us in 2020? What does that mean to us right now as your followers? In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. It's really, really, really big that we understand that we are his followers. And, and next Sunday, I'm going to teach a little bit about that, the difference between being a believer and a follower. And I'm going to talk about that next week as we look at I am the shepherd, the great shepherd. This week, though, we're looking at I am the door of the sheep. And you've got to understand, he's preaching to an agrarian society. These are people that understand farming. They understand herding and such. And so when he looks to them, there's a very real element to this. When he says, I am the door of the sheep, they understand 
understand what that means. And what the door of the sheep was, a shepherd in his intimate care for his little herd, he would allow those things to be corralled into a hedgerow or into a, 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 a wall of some sort of stone or even use a cave. And they, that gap out in the opening of that, the shepherd would literally lay in that gap. And by the shepherd laying in that gap, that shepherd became the door of the sheep. Literally, his whole body became that which kept you from getting in or out from the, pa- the paddock, in and out from these sheep. And so it speaks of a couple things. We can see that it speaks of protection because those robbers and those thieves that we spoke of, there was no way that they could get into the sheep without first having to go through the shepherd. Come on, somebody. That we got to stop. Jesus, you're great. Folk like, well, I don't even know what, what we stopping. I'm going to tell you what we're stopping on right there. Because you're Jesus, you're great shepherd. Nothing's coming nigh your marriage unless it goes through him first. Nothing's coming nigh your healing and health unless it's going through him first. You may come up here feeling tore up from the floor up, but it ain't touching you unless it comes through him first. Amen. Give God some praise. Amen. So he is literally the door of the sheep. He lays there. So it speaks of protection. Also, no sheep is getting out. There's no sheep getting out or in without going through the shepherd. So the shepherd is also the access point. He is our access. And Jesus comes along and he tells these people, I am the door of the sheep. Now we know this isn't speaking about sheep. We know that. Just like the last couple of weeks, <coughs> we've been seeing that it wasn't talking about physical bread. It's talking about his sustaining power. We saw last week that it wasn't talking about Naphtali and Zebulon. These lands where the people of God had grown contemptuous toward God because they had mixed in idolatry, but a light has come to shine upon those dark lands. It wasn't speaking of the land of Naphtali. It wasn't speaking of the land of Zebulon. It was speaking of our hearts, speaking of people. It's us that have at times grown contemptuous to God. And Jesus, the light, not some light source, but a person who is the light, desires to shine upon us. Now we come to I am the great shepherd. And he's not talking about some sheep. He's talking about people. Amen? Although sometimes aren't we sheeple? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We are. I'm a sheeple at times. But it's speaking of people. The shepherd is Jesus. The sheep, watch, I'll tell you who the sheep are. In Matthew 9, 35 through 36, we actually don't have to guess who the sheep are. Jesus defines. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. And he proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw is a deep, he had compassion for them. Remember, compassion is more than empathy. Compassion is a deep Almost like a pain in your, your, your stomach that you got to do something about. you got to fix it, you know? And so Jesus had this deep compassion. And what was he feeling that over? Because these that he were looking at, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So the people are the sheep, and not just any people. He's literally looking at the Jewish people of that day and age. And he's saying, they're like sheep <coughs> without a shepherd. 
and I am the door of the sheep. And so it's speaking about these Jewish people. Now, as you think about Judaism, it's okay if I talk a little bit about Jewish stuff. You do know our roots in faith are Judeo-Christian roots. And so sometimes we miss things if we don't go back to some of the old Judeo teachings and understandings. And so the door in ancient times is a symbolic thing in the Jewish culture of covenant. It's a symbol of covenant, that door is. And I can take you all the way back to when the Israelites were being brought from Egypt and the bondage of Egypt, they're going to be freed. All the nine plagues have come and the Pharaoh has not released his hand. The tenth plague comes, which is going to be the killing of that firstborn child in the home. Unless you apply blood on the doorpost, unless you do that, then your child's going to die in that home. And so with it, the Jewish people, they were encouraged to take a lamb, to put the blood upon the doorpost, upon that door. And here's what it said. The blood shall be a sign for you. Say sign for you. A sign for you. And we're going to come back to this idea of a sign on a door. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you. And then he says he's going to strike Egypt. And the reason why is very similar to what we see Jesus saying. Jesus says, I'm going through the villages and I'm preaching this gospel of the kingdom, this freedom that comes, and we're seeing people healed and lives changed. Does that sound some similar to what we talked about the first week? I am the bread of life. When we looked at that, that first week, Jesus or what God said, but he said, I will deliver you, I will save you. Remember that? When we looked at that, it's very similar. These are kingdom words. Kingdom authority, kingdom blessing, kingdom realities, the kingdom. Jesus wants to deliver you. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to call you a chosen generation and bring you in as his holy people, his nation. Shout kingdom. kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're looking at Old Testament, but Jesus comes and says, I'm proclaiming the kingdom now. That salvation, guess what? It's now. That deliverance, guess what? It's now. That healing, it's now. You are my holy people now. Why? I'm the door. I've given you the access. The symbol, the door, is a symbol of covenant. And covenant is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. When two people come into covenant, at that time, you would have a king and a vassal. And a vassal is somebody who follows, shall follows. So you have a king and the vassal. The king has it all, the vassal doesn't. The king has the stuff, the vassal doesn't. But the king in his graciousness enters a relationship and tells the vassal, if you'll come in to covenant with me, everything that I have is at your disposal. My protection is at your disposal. And guess what else? Access to all of the kingdom is at your disposal when you come into covenant. Isn't that neat? Sounds like a door. A door offers protection. A door offers access. This covenant we have with God brings us into a place of protection. It brings us into a place of access. Not only are we under the king's protection, we are also in the king's care. That's what covenant says, and that's what covenant demonstrates. And we can see from the time that they put the blood on the post, even that, you'll be under my care. You'll be under my protection. I will deliver you. I will save you. I will redeem you. And I will call you my people. And that's kingdom realities a couple thousand years ahead of time. That's all that is. And we receive that kingdom reality through Jesus now. Well, Ross, I thought we were talking about doors, not covenant. Well, we are. So we can get back to the door. But listen, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am and so we can see this idea of a physical door. A door offers protection, doesn't it? How, how many of you have a house? 
You got doors on your house? Yeah, every one of us. We have, we have doors on our house. We do. Can you grab that for me? I'm, I'm going to get too hot. We have doors on our house, all right? So when you come to my house, there is a door that is closed, and I, my hope is that at nighttime, nobody's going to come through that door and into my house. My hope is that being here today, my door is closed, and it's dead bolted, it's locked, and then nobody might be locked. I really don't know. Is this live on Facebook? But it might be. <laughs> I don't know, 116, no, 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 no. So it might be locked. It may not be, I don't know. But I have an 80-pound lab, and she will lick you. So, <laughs> but there's a door, and it's a red door, you know? And that, you know, the, you know what red doors mean in Savannah, Georgia? You know what they mean? They mean the house is paid off. Did you know that? It means your mortgage is paid off if you have a red door. Y'all, in Woodstock, Georgia, I have a red door by faith. But <laughs> I will tell you what it does. It does bring some level of protection. That's what the door is for. That door also isn't just about protecting. That door is a point of access. You can't get into my house, all right? You can through that point of access. Now, listen, you can try, all right? You could try to come up through the window. I'll shoot you. But you could try to come up through the window. But it's a whole lot easier if you come up through the door, and I'm telling you right now, a lot of people in this room, you're trying to walk in the best God has for you, but you won't come through the door. And you may sit there and go, yeah, tell them unbelievers. Tell them non-Christians. They need to come through. No, I'm not talking to you, Christian. You still try to go around the things of Jesus to get your stuff. You can look at what the word says and say, you know what? I know that's what Jesus says, but I'm going to try to get my stuff my own way. Man, come through the window, but you'll get cut Come through the window, but it's way out. It's, 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 par, 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 it's difficult. I'm going to say that word. Perilous. It's perilous. Is that the right word? That'll work. You know? But no, it's a place of, everybody say protection. And it's a point of access. Say access. That's what it is. And so we've been offered this, this door of the sheep that we get to come into. But pastor, I thought you said he was preaching to Jews. He is, but watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 22. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off. That is you all. And peace to those who were near. That's the Jew. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Isn't that good? So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So this structure, again, we're not talking about stuff. We're talking about people. Jesus didn't come to save stuff. He came to save people. And so us together, we become this temple of God. We become this place of his presence. This access that leads us into the glories of God. This access that leads us into the provisions of God. We literally, as a, as a people of God together, become that house. That house of faith that God inhabits. And man, great things happen. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Shout access. access. Yeah, yeah. So we have protection and we have access. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You know, doors, they had very significant place 
in the middle of the hearts of Jewish people during this time. I've already told you about the Passover experience there in Egypt. That idea, they were to apply the blood on the mezuzot. Okay, everybody say mezuzot. So that's the door, the blood, and that's the door casing, the mezuzah, the door post, if you will. And they were to apply the blood, which is a symbol of the blood of Jesus that protects us, and it's applied upon the mezuzah. And so we can see that similarity, and that goes all the way back, this idea of blood. You're like, oh, it's so weird. I know I get it, but that's how sin is. Sin causes there to be death, and death has to be paid for the price of sin. Something's going to die. And so we can see Adam and Eve sin. They're naked. They're naked. You know what naked and naked is, right? Naked is when you don't have clothes on, you're doing something. <laughs> they were naked. They had messed up. They had messed up. They were, doing, they were wrong. They had sinned against God, their creator. All they had to do was have fellowship with him. And now they find themselves, because of rebellion, naked before God. But Jesus, or God comes. He, he slaughters an animal, and he takes that skin. And he covers their sin, gives them covering, covers the nakedness. I'm sorry if it's weird, you, you, you can't get an animal, you can't get an animal skin without blood being shed. You just can't. They, 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 it kind of happens. It just, that's what happens, right? In the same way, you can't get a savior on a cross without blood being shed. It just happens. But that sin is covered by that blood. The same way that home was covered by that blood and allowed that death angel to, to pass over. And so we can see all throughout this time that that, 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 that the blood is a very important thing and that the mezuzot there on the post is the blood. And, and so now we're going to look here in a little bit in Deuteronomy where they begin to do something that was kind of neat. The Jewish people were challenged to affix this to their door as a continual reminder of covenant. And what it is is it's a mezuzah. Mezuzah. Anglicizing just a little easier. Everybody say uh, yeah, so it's a mezuzah, all right? Have you ever seen anybody, anybody see a mezuzah before? Yeah, so if, especially if you're like from New York or any, if you're over here in the Druid Hills area of Atlanta, you'll see them, you know. And so a Jewish home is marked by a mezuzah. And this is just a little container. And inside the container is the Shema, is a scroll called a Klaf, and that scroll is a handwritten scroll by a scribe that has Deuteronomy, a passage in Deuteronomy in it. And we'll look at that passage here in a second. But what the mezuzah is, it's a sign and a reminder of the covenant that Jews have with God and their desire to follow the commands of God. That's what it is. It's not an amulet. Now, there's some Kabbalist Jews. They're like mystic-type Jews see it more like an amulet. But an Orthodox Jew, it is a symbol of covenant. All right? Today I'm speaking of a door as a symbol of covenant. The idea of that door, that thing that provides protection like a covenant. That thuza is the same access like a covenant. It's a symbol of covenant. And so the mezuzah is the same thing. And it will be affixed on the front or in the door jam in here of the door casing of the mezuzot. All right. Do you see that it's at an angle? Do you know why it's at an angle? I love this. Years ago, a rabbi, he said it should be affixed vertically. Another rabbi says, no, we should affix it horizontally. And they decided, ah, we'll put it at an angle. <laughs> and it's to be a reminder that we ought to strive for peace in our homes. That we ought not fight over something so that we can't find a place of understanding. Does that make sense? Is that neat? 
And so it's a little reminder that we, we, we seek understanding with each other. But also what the mezuzah is, is as you ascend into the home, it's at an angle vertically going up. And so as you ascend, if you will, into your home, you are literally walking into a place that you deem the presence of God. This is a place where we honor his presence. This is a place where we honor his commands. This is a place where his word, his Torah, is over our hearts, not our desires. He is supreme. We are not. If you will, we are the followers. He is not. Now, when you go in <coughs> to the Jewish home, some will actually have mezuzahs throughout the house. So you go from there, and you might go into an office, and there'll be a mezuzah there. You may go into your bedroom. And the idea of it, remember I talked about this idea of kingdom, this idea of reign, that his kingdom has come? The idea is that I'm inviting the reign or the kingdom of God into that office. So as I walk in there, God, I'm walking into the presence of you to do business. As I walk into the bedroom, you know, maybe the same thought, walking in to do business. No, no. Stop. You guys aren't laughing at nothing today. <laughs> Check this out. Sometimes people will be creative with the mezuzah, and they'll actually take the glass that was broken at the wedding day as a symbolism of their marriage, and they'll take that glass, and it'll be put into the mezuzah with the Shema, and it'll be put on their bedroom door as a reminder that when we go in, we're going in with a holiness in mind. We're going into that room, and God's presence is at work in our marriage. Is that neat? The children's rooms will have them. And the bathrooms don't. Laundries don't. <laughs> closets, I don't know how holy you think closets are, or, or clothes are, ladies, but no mezuzah. No mezuzah, okay? But it's just a symbol, and, and, and we, don't, we don't practice that symbol, but it's beautiful, and, and it's something that I believe when Jesus is saying, I am the door of the sheep. These are sheep. These are people that understood for centuries, they've been placing a mezuzah on their door as a reminder of covenant. And I am the one that you have covenant with. I am the one that gives you access. I am the one that is here to protect you. I'm the one that you follow in my command. You have a letter. It's the who I am. And on the mezuzah, you'll see, at least on this one, you have a letter. It's the letter Shin. Okay, the letter Shin. Let me throw a mezuzah up on the, on the screen. <clears throat> so the mezuzah. That's like the case. The actual mezuzah is a, a, a scroll inside we'll look at in a second. But you can see the three letters in the middle, okay? <clears throat> so you can see the shin. The next letter down is the, the dalit. And then the next letter down is the, um, um, what is that letter? That's the yud, yud, okay? So shin, dalit, and yud. And, and what's powerful about that, the shin is a, a single letter that people will use as the word shaddai, have you heard of Shaddai before? Or the Almighty One or the All-Sufficient One? So like this mezuzah just has a shin on it, which actually looks like a fire. A fire. And we can see that there. But the three letters, some like this have the three letters, and those three letters together, the, the shin, the dalit, and the, the yud, those three letters together spell out the word Shaddai. Okay? Now this is what's neat. He is the All-Sufficient One. And so on the mezot, on the doorpost of their home, they're saying he is all sufficient. He is everything. Amen? But here's what's really neat about this. They'll actually take those three letters and make those in Jewish tradition an acronym. An acronym. And so the three letters of the word Shaddai are the acronym of, of Shomer Doltat Yisrael. Shomer Doltat Yisrael. What that means is guardian of the doors of Israel. Isn't that neat? Hmm. And so Jesus looks at these people. 
They're like sheep without a shepherd. You got to understand, we don't have two different religions. It's not, it's not that, that Judaism was so bad and Jesus had to fix it. No, he came to fulfill it, okay? But the people and all the other things that were added to it had just got things so far to where it was such a burden to people, and it wasn't what God was intending. And Jesus, man, Jesus literally is the Shomer, Dotat, um, um, Yisrael. He literally is the, the guardian of the door of, of Israel. I mean, he is the door of Israel. He is the door for us, Amen. And I think that's beautiful. Another thing that's neat is the dalet, the, the letter, the dalet, the, 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 the letter in the middle, the ancient pictograph of that letter is that of a door. So even just the letter alone means door, all right? That's how we get the idea of the door of Israel. It's a symbol. And you may say, well, that doesn't look like a door. No, like the door of a tent is what it's supposed to look like, the old pictograph of that, the door of a tent. <clears throat> the other thing that's so powerful about this, that last letter is a yud, and it looks kind of like the same size of all the others, but when you're looking at writing, the yud is a little or little tiny thing, you know? But the yud is symbolic of a divine point. It's like, it's a point of divine power. It's a point where God interjects. I've taught years ago, you know? Isn't that neat? And, um, and if you guys know, um, I've taught years ago about the yud Hey vav Hey, you know, the, the, the name of God, the tetragrammatron, you know, that, that four-letter name of God that the Jewish person doesn't really speak. I've spoke about that before, and, and that starts with yud Hey vav Hey, that, that divine point of God, God touching that divine moment with his presence. And so along those lines, <clears throat> the name that they would use is Adonai. Instead of yud Hey vav Hey, they're not going to say the name. It's so holy. So they'll say Adonai, or they'll say Hashem. Everybody say Hashem, Hashem. which just means the name, you know. And so here's what's neat. Inside of this mezuzah is a cloth, is this document, this little scroll. Let's show a picture of the scroll. And so you're going to have this inside there, and it reads from right to left, okay, and it's called the Shema. And the Shema is the number one declaration of faith of the Jewish faith. And there's a beautiful story that at the end of the Holocaust, the children had been redeemed from a camp, and they'd been taken to this hospital, and they were being kept, kept not just with Jewish children, but all different children. And so some rabbis went to collect the children. And when they went to correct the, collect the children, the, the leaders of the, the place said, look, we can't release them to you. We don't know which ones are, are yours. We don't know. And, um, and so without papers, we can't release them. And the rabbi said, I have an idea. Can I come back tonight? Sure, you can. So the rabbis came back that night, and they began to walk. And as they began to walk in the aisles where the kids were sleeping, they said, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And as they sang that, all these little ones covered their eyes. Because that's what you do. Shema Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. And all these little ones. And the rabbis go, that one's ours. And that one's ours. That one's ours. That one's ours. They be kids. Amen? And all I can think of is having our lives in such a way with God that, that, that it's just Jesus. We know that he's looking at us going, that one's mine. That one's mine. That one's mine. That one's mine. These are little ones that had just followed what they had seen, followed what they had seen, followed what they had seen. Lord, let me be a little one before you. It just follows what I see. Just follows what I see. Just follows what I see. That's all I want, Jesus. You say it, and I just do it. That's not religion. That's just relationship. I become like my dad. I used to tell my dad, I'm be like you, Pop. You're just a barrel with arms and legs on it. 
crap. <laughs> Just like my dad. My dad would mess up words. I ain't going to mess up words. I wasn't trying to be like my dad. I just can't. I mess up words every Sunday, don't I? You know? Just like my dad. I wasn't trying to be like my dad. I just can't help it. I'm just following his ways. That's mine. That's my son. That's mine. Hmm. Amen? And so that prayer starts with the Shema. You know? And that, what that means is, hero Israel, the Lord our God. God is our God. The Lord is one. That's what the, that first line means. And then they'll whisper to themselves quietly, Baruch, Shem, Kavod, Maluto. That's a hard one. Maluto, Aulam, and then I'm, I'm Aed. And that just means that blessed is his name, the glorious one and his kingdom forever. And then it goes on, and it has three frames, and we're not going to go through all those. I don't know those. I just know the first two lines, okay? But it goes on, and the little ones, they'll, they'll pray, and they'll follow with their finger and such. But the first part of that Shema is considered that most essential declaration of the Jewish faith. And this is on the, the door. It's a reminder of covenant, the God that they serve. The next part of the prayer, as you can look here, put the, put the scroll back up, the cloth, as, as you can see on here. The first part deals with that. The next part begins to deal with a section from Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 through 9. And I do want to read that. So if you look at Deuteronomy verse 4 there, 6 verse 4, that's the start. The, the Shema Israel. That, that's the start. Then verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Does that sound familiar to what Jesus told people? How do I come into this kingdom? You love God with everything. Soul, heart, mind. And your neighbor as yourself. He added a little bit there, you know? Which plays out because as we leave the house, this descending angle, as you leave, you're supposed to go as a witness for him. All right? So this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, it's there. It's, it's in and receiving all that he has and leaving and giving all that he has out in the community that you go in. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. It's just a natural part of your life, the word of the Lord, the life of God. It's just such a natural part is how it should be. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be like frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts or the mazot of your house and your gates. Do you see that? So this is just a reminder of covenant. That's what's in there. The next section speaks of a conditional promise. And I told you a few weeks ago, you may not like that, but guess what? There are conditional promises in Scripture. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I am saying you're not going to walk in the stuff God has for you. Life. I'm just saying, there's stuff God has for you that he wants to unfold in your life. But if we're not followers, we can be believers, but if we're not followers, we're going to miss some of God's best in our lives. We are. And this next section, Deuteronomy 11, verse 13 through 21, you can read it. It talks in there that you're going to be able to have wells that you didn't dig, and you're going to walk in vineyards that you didn't plant, and you're going to receive from olive trees that you didn't put in the soil. You know, it's beautiful. God wants to be that provider. Why? Because he's that door. He's that place of access into all that God has. That's what Jesus is. But it's conditional. The transverse of that same scripture says you won't follow these commands, if you don't follow after things of God, if you could care less about being a follower, you'll miss out on what God desires. 
And then the last part, Numbers 15 through 37 through 40, 41, is the last part of the cloth of, of the scripture that's on there. And that final section concerns with the biblical commandment of tzitzit, okay? Have you ever seen uh, a tallit, a prayer shawl, and it'll have the little knots on the end? At that time, they would have a garment, and it would have the little knots at the end. And so that titi, it speaks about how it's a reminder of the covenant that we have with God. And those little knots are a reminder of the law that we have. It's a reminder of following after Jesus or following after God. And so it says here that, that they would look at the fringe. And when they look at the fringe, it's to recall the commandments of the Lord. This is what it says in, November, in Numbers. That they, command, they, they, they recall the commandments of the Lord, and they observe them. To be holy to your God, and, and, and it says that the Lord is your God who brought you out of Egypt. That's what the passage finishes saying, okay? Here's what's beautiful. Do you remember a story in the New Testament when there was a woman who had an issue of blood? She had been sick for a long time, 12 years. And the Bible says that she reached out to touch the hem of his garment. Do you guys know Jesus was a Jewish rabbi? He was a teacher. That's what he is. So he has the tzitzi at the end of his robe. This isn't just the hem of his garment. This is tzitzi. A reminder of covenant. And she in that moment is tying those together. And she's reading the Old Testament with what Jesus had come as the door of the sheep. And she's getting it. And she's reaching out. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Her mind's going back to this passage of scripture that promises all that God has for me as I follow after. She's just reaching out to touch the hem of his garment. Mm, I love that. And so it's a reminder of the covenant we have with God because of Jesus. And, and I didn't even hit the start on my stopwatch, so I don't even know how long we've been preaching. You know what happens when I look at my watch? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so that reminder of covenant, and again, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto you, I am, everybody repeat, the door of the sheep. So a door, it offers protection, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. A door, it offers access. Who God is brings protection. Who God is brings access to our lives. But the thing with it is the access isn't supposed to just affect us. It's not just about us walking up into the sanctuary of our church or the sanctuary of our home or whatever that might be. It's us descending in back into the world and living our lives. And I know that because of Matthew chapter 9, and we'll close with this, this idea of our coming and our going. As, you, as you're in your home with your kids, but as you go by the wayside, but as you walk by the wayside, this coming and going. Even Jesus said to go into the highways and the byways to compel people to come in. Do you see how all this stuff just comes together? Every bit of this stuff comes together. And in Matthew 9, we already saw verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers unto his harvest. It's not enough for you just to be thankful that I am the door for you. But the disciples, it's like, you need to go out and be Lord of the harvest. I'm Lord of the harvest. You need to go out and deal with the harvest as well. And there's one last little fun thing to see in the Shema. I'm going to put a, a, a blown up version of the Shema up here. Is that okay? <coughs> Can you see this here? So your first three letters... <coughs> It reads right to left, Hebrew. So you have the shin, which looks like the little flaming fire, and the men, the M. And then you have the ayin, the ayin, that, that little 
almost looks like a Y, the ayin. On this side, you have the word echad, and it ends with a dalet. So you see echad, which means one, that we have one God. You can see the D, if you will, is larger, and the ayin, the A, on this side, that it looks like a other that letter is larger. So if you look at for any other, I, I can actually walk up here. If you look for any other ayins in here, they're going to be smaller than the ayin there. If you look for any other um, um, dalit, it's going to be smaller as well. The reason why is that first line, I want those to pop out. And the reason is because when you take the ayin and the dalit and you put them together, it spells the word aid which is the Hebrew word for witness. Is that neat? Witness. So it's not enough that we are witnesses of his commands in our home, but we are also witnesses of his commands outside of our home. It's not enough that we just teach our so in our going, we carry this as well. And the reason why is because he is the door of the sheep. He is the one that gives us access, but he doesn't want us to, to, to just be in his presence. And No, no, we carry his presence wherever we go. He is the door, and you are his witnesses. Amen? So what are we going to do this week? How, how are we going to reflect on this? And, and this is the thought I had. We have fasted food. We have fasted digital things. This week, what I want you to do is something physical. And I, I want you, as you come by a doorway, I want you to touch the doorway. Now, for the Jew, not all, but most will touch, kiss it, all right? With the coronavirus, do not kiss your hand. God understands. They would do that as a symbol that they're, they're, they're kissing God, basically. It's not an amulet. It's a reminder of covenant, and they're, they're appreciating who God is in their life, all right, and his presence in their home. But what I want us to do is as we go through a doorway, put our hand on the side of that door and remind ourselves of the access we have because of Jesus. Lord God, there was a time when I didn't have access to victory. And alcohol held me bound. And I was losing everything. But I found a, a relationship with Jesus. And I walked through a doorway of sobriety that was not my own. Let it remind you of that. And you walked right in. Is that neat? There was a time, maybe for you, the access was that of health. I was door, Miss Annie. Death's door. But God gave you. He is that same yesterday, today, and forever God. And he gave you healing and you walked through. So it may be that. I don't know what that reminder is. It may be the reminder of protection and provision. But as you walk through a doorway, put your hand on it and think about it. I do this when I get on airplanes. I do. Every time I get on an airplane, I just touch the side of the airplane, and I'm just like, Jesus, don't let me die. <laughs> I thank him for his protection as we fly, you know, and to keep my arm preserved because Amy will tear the mess out of my arms on a plane. She has done that for just, oh my goodness, she just scratches the tar out of me. You need Jesus. <laughs> but touch the doorways as you go through them. Um, I got to think about that. I don't know how many doors you're going to go through this week. How many times you're going to remind yourself that he is your way, that he is that door, that access and that place of protection. He is that place that you walk into his presence. That's him. How many doorways will you go through this week? 200? 400? 600? I don't know. I really don't. Maybe you're a school teacher. Man, all the doors. And I am going to encourage you, wash your hands a lot this week. I know that sounds like a joke, but I'm not joking. I'm being honest. There is a lot of stuff out there right now. Wash your hands. 
But as you go through as a school teacher, you know, or, 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 or maybe, maybe you're a police officer, first responder here, you know, uh, an EMT or officer, you know, a firewoman. As you go through into your, your cruiser, officer, put your hand on. It doesn't have to be weird. Just put your hand on as you're climbing in and let it remind yourself of covenant. Amen? And that's a reminder that, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm following your commands. I'm, I'm, I'm striving after what your word says. It's a reminder of all he has. It's a reminder of responsibility. Does that make sense? So I don't know how many times. It's a lot easier, though, right, than, than your other two fasts the last two weeks. But I don't know how many times it's going to drive this home into your heart. Are you getting ready to get up in your fire truck? Tom Robinson, push your hand on the, on the side as you're climbing in. Just thank God for access. Amen? You're getting ready to walk into your kid's bedroom. <sighs> Thank God, thank Jesus for the access he has to your kid's heart. Because they'll come upon you when you don't have access to that kid's heart anymore. Amen? How many's got some teenagers, 16, 17? You already don't. It gets to that point. But Jesus, you have access to my child's heart. You put your hand on that door as you walk in. Amen? I'm not going to belabor this. I, I think you can understand. Let the Lord speak to you in this exercise. And just realize that he is with you. He is your shepherd. He's the door, rather, of, your, of the sheep. He gives you access. He gives you protection. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you are that access point for our lives. And I thank you that all these things, for, 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 for centuries, you understood. And you have invited us in, not to religion, but relationship. Thank you for being the door that has given me all I need to walk into all that God has. Amen some praise thanks for joining us for this week's message for more information please check out www.momentumchurch.tv